0: This is a Willits Point-Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point-Shea Stadium.
1: It is the Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you, talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets, episode 82 from the Subway to Shea Studios in my office, and for the first time, live on Twitter Spaces. So excited to be doing this, ready for some great interaction with Mets fans So join in on the conversation. You know what to do. Hit the request button, and I will get you on as soon as I can. Hit that little request button. If you're on here, share this with whoever you want to, all the Met fans out there. Let's get them in there. Let's get them talking. If you can't stay long or miss an episode, don't worry. I'll be putting the best of this space up wherever you subscribe to the Subway to Shea podcast. This show isn't just about me anymore. It's about us as Met fans, so let's enjoy the ride here. Before we start chatting, let's set the stage and talk about what happened this weekend and what's coming up for the New York Mets. The Mets swept the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. They completed a four-game sweep of the Pirates at home, and they stay one game up on the Atlanta Braves who completed a sweep of their own against the Philadelphia Phillies down in Atlanta. Some takeaways, some observations from this. Series this weekend and the last couple of, uh, I guess, weeks as well. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, huh? That Fogo power. Eduardo Escobar's bat is alive. It is well, Med fans. So it's good to see during this September turnaround for him to have him be coming through for us when we need him the most, when the offense is struggling the way it has been struggling the last couple of weeks. It's nice to see him turn it on, and I hope he can continue on into October. I said in the middle of the season that if I had faith in any of these struggling banks to turn it around, it was Eduardo Escobar. And his track record says so, right? Buck loves track records. That's why he kept in uh, Darren Ruff in what was an odd spot to put him in. But he believes in track records. And Eduardo Escobar has that of himself. Look at his last 15 games, batting 375 five home runs, 10 RBIs. We wanted results from him and we're getting them. How about Daniel Vogelback? back? He's found his stroke again, set last seven games, batting .389, one home run, six RBIs. He's kind of turned it around himself, starting to hit there. you would like to see a little more power come from him, but as long as they're hitting, right? As long as they're getting on base, and that's what he's been doing. And let's talk about Jeff McNeil real quick. Uh, All-world player we got going on right now. This season, batting 320 with seven home runs, 58 RBIs. Last 15 games, nine RBIs, a 327 batting average. His most surprising part about him right now is his defense, right? It's been such a big surprise playing all sides of the field Second base, left field, even right field we saw this week, and he made a huge game-saving catch off the bat of O'Neal Cruz, who almost hit a home run in that spot. It's quite possible, and I want your thoughts on this, so hit the request button, get on the show with me, and uh, definitely taking... I guess if you want to call it calls or however you want to call this, but I'll be definitely wanting to hear from you. But your thoughts on this, it's quite possible. Could he be really the Mets MVP this season? I mean, he's been doing it all. Offense, defense, everything that we wanted from Jeff McNeil last season has now returned. This season, and he is back. Jeff McNeil is back, and he quite possibly could be the Mets' MVP. Another thing I want to throw out to you: Carlos Carrasco and Taiwan Walker, both of them keep dealing. Both of them won this weekend. Carlos Carrasco is now 15 and 6 with a 3.70 ERA. Taiwan Walker 12 and 4 with a 3.42 ERA. And what I want to know from you guys: Who should start in the postseason? Right? Who should come out of the bullpen out of these two guys? Because we already know, right? Jacob Degrom, Max Scherzer, Locke in the postseason, right? They're going to be starting, and Chris Bassie could throw in there as well. He's going to be a lock as well. So you really only have one more spot, right? So who is it going to be? Should it be Carlos Carrasco? Should it be Taiwan Walker? Me personally, I think. With the track record, with pitching in the postseason already under his belt, I think Carlos Carrasco should be the guy that gets that fourth spot. You throw Taiwan Walker in the bullpen, and then you got a nice one-two punch in the bullpen because you got... Taiwan Walker, who could pitch innings, and you also have Trevor Williams, who can also pitch out of the bullpen. He's done it all. So it'd be nice to see that one-two punch come out of the bullpen. You get six or seven innings, you go to those guys, then you go to Adam Otavino, and then you got Edwin Diaz for the ninth. So the Mets are starting to get a nice little balance from this pitching. I know we've been focusing on the offense and the struggles on the offense, but the bullpen has been pitching very well as of late. How about Joely Rodriguez? Sunday five strikeouts through two innings he's been pretty good over his last couple of times in the game coming into the game so I want to know what you guys think so I'm going to throw it out to you guys right now I want to hear from you the first you know subway to shea podcast live I'm going to be posting this on my site for everyone to listen to so first off we're going to go to Jeff and then if anyone else wants to join in hop aboard I'll take your questions and we'll have a great conversation as we all can do here so let me lock in jeff real quick all right jeff you're connecting so just i think all you got to do is turn on your microphone and heads up on this jeff good friend of the subway to shape podcast he's been a guest he's got the baseball and bbq podcast as well jeff my friend how's it going Hey, how
2: are you doing, Anthony? What an honor to be the first one on your Twitter space. Truly an honor.
1: Oh, it's and, great uh, to have you, man. Always.
2: So I had the pleasure of going to the ball game on Saturday. It was a big crowd. Uh the Mets won five to one, and it was it was really exciting. Finally getting uh, you know, finally beating the teams you're supposed to beat, unlike uh, uh, earlier in the week. But to answer your question, I agree with you. I would go with Cookie Carrasco as the th- starter number four in the in the playoffs because of the uh experience. He is definitely uh has layoff experience and has I think has a little better stuff, and look, he's had a very, very good year. He, he pitches deep into ball games. Uh We might not appreciate that, but he really does, and he uh, has a be- had a very, very good year so far this year.
1: Yeah, I think he's the first Mets pitcher since, I want to say, well, since actually it, Jacob DeGrom. Was it 2017, 2018 to win 15 games? We haven't had much of that. from our starting rotation whether it was the pitchers not being good enough or just the Mets offense not supplying for guys like Jacob deGrom to get these wins so it's nice that Cookie you know after really struggling last season and I think that they kind of rushed him I really feel like they rushed him back because of all the other injuries that were dealt to this Mets team and he just wasn't ready yet you saw how many runs he gave up in the first inning it was such a struggle for Cookie I felt for him such a good Guy and it's great to see him succeed, especially with this team the way he has. And I'm just gonna pull up his postseason numbers if I can quickly find those. In three series, he's got a 3.86 ERA. He's 0-1. He lost a uh, game to I think what was the Houston Astros. I don't know if the Houston Astros won the World Series in 2018. I can't remember, but. Uh, in the ALDS, the uh, Astros uh, beat him up there, and then he pitched in 2020 in the wild card game, which was, I think, a uh, the shortened season, and he didn't do too well, uh, only pitching three innings. But you know, he's got more postseason experience. I feel like he can give us more length at this moment in time than Taiwan Walker. I do feel like he's a little bit more healthier at this point in time. We know that Taiwan Walker was dealing with back issues and he was dealing with I think uh, blisters and throughout the whole season he's been dealing with all these tiny little injuries and never really knocked him out big time during the season but there's all these little things that he would be you know getting in um, really Cookie Carrasco has been pretty solid except for one little stint getting hurt but um, I, I do think that Cookie is the guy to go with but you tell me right now like isn't this a great dilemma to have Jeff
2: it's a great problem to have, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I mentioned Trevor Williams too. I mean, can you imagine? You know, you have the the starters going, and then you go to the bullpen, and it's you know Taiwan Walker, Trevor Williams, Adam Adovino, Edwin Diaz. I mean, I, I don't know if there's anyone else. I guess if you could throw, if you want to throw Seth Lugo in there, um, I feel like he's been pitching better down uh, the stretch. I guess joelly Rodriguez will be the lefty out of the bullpen. They're going to have to have someone come out of the bullpen as a lefty, and it's probably going to be him about
2: uh what about tyler mcgill and and drew smith i mean they're supposed to be coming off the the il this week Uh, what do you do with them and and who goes i guess tommy Hunt will be going or maybe uh givens will be going
1: yeah right this is like a this is a very good situation to have on hand right now obviously tyler mcgill i guess will get the most preference out of all of them um you know since he was starting in the rotation and they've been working him out of the bullpen down in AAA for so long. But then you also got Drew Smith. Like like you said, what do you do with... Uh, Tommy Hunter who's pitched very well what do you do with a Michael Givens who over the last I want to say five or six instances out there that he has been pitching very very well if this bullpen can come together at the most important time ever in the postseason when the Mets need him because I'm, I'm sure that you're going to get you know six or seven from from Max you hope you get six or seven from Jacob deGrom but I just read a stat I think it was from uh, everyone's least favorite person Andy Martins Martino, but you know he's pretty accurate with this with that in the sixth inning I, I think his ERA is above six uh Jacob DeGrom right now so I, he just posted this on Twitter as I was getting on the spaces and setting it up you know I hope that when it comes to the postseason that Jacob is a hundred percent he's striking out a lot of people but you know when you strike out a lot of people, as fun as that is, it brings up your pitch count. So um I, I just hope that he is, how do you say, economical with his the way he's he's pitching coming and and just not looking to strike everybody out because he can't pitch uh complete games at this moment in time. So we want him to at least get through seven, maybe possibly get into eight as we now get into the postseason because he's starting to get now towards that seven innings pitched um if we could get him you know somewhere you know seven and uh you know seven and two thirds something eight uh, that would be you know perfect
2: yeah and yeah i think uh, martino posted was like 9.45 in the sixth inning oh it was even
1: higher than i thought
2: Yeah, take into consideration what, you know, he had a 26-pitch first inning yesterday. And while, you know, he got out of it after that leadoff double, he got got the next 15 guys. I think when he gets after 90 pitches, that's when his, uh, you know, he starts to become a little vulnerable. So it's not, I don't think it's the inning per se. It's the, like you said, the amount of pitches. He's got to become more economical with
1: that. Absolutely. Then you got Max Scherzer making his return. And, you know, he's been such a blessing this season. Uh, We know, already know, he's going to be one or two coming out of that Rotation um and he's gonna be giving it all. Hopefully his side is, you know, hopefully after this, this you know, that oblique is not uh, you know, an in injury waiting to happen again. Um, because we're really gonna need him. Chris Bassett has stepped up uh this whole season. Uh even after that struggling month I think he had of May, he, he's really, you know, come along and and this whole rotation, you look at the whole rotation, I think. I don't even remember last year, besides Marcus Stroman, I don't think any Met pitcher had over eight, nine wins. He had 10, but I don't yeah. think anyone on the Mets rotation had more than eight or nine wins. If you go back to last year here, Marcus Stroman had 10 wins. Then the next person who pitched very well in the first half, struggled in the second half, Taiwan Walker, seven. Jacob DeGrom, seven. McGill, four. David Peterson, two. And then they had Rich Hill, who gave them one. Car- Carlos Carrasco was one in five. I mean, they struggled so much to get, you know, starting rotation to be locked down. And the injury happened and it just it fell apart and you go to this year and you look chris bassett 14 wins taiwan walker 12 wins carlos carrasco 15 wins if max scherzer wins tonight that's 10 wins that's four pitchers in the starting rotation with 10 wins or more. Uh, David Peterson has 7. We know uh, Jacob DeGrom won't get to 10 this season. That's for sure. He could probably get maybe 6 or 7 wins, but he's 5-2 and two right now. Trevor William only has 2 and then you you go to the bullpen and they've got a lot of uh, wins right. on their hands. So It's funny. C- Colin Holderman was 4 oh, and he's not with the team anymore. But um... <laughs> you know,
2: What's strange is what a, a, a rotation of DeGrom, Scherzer, Carrasco, Walker and Bassett, the two with the least amount Kind of wins is Scherzer and DeGrom. It,
1: it's, yeah, it, it's is crazy that- to even think that. <laughs> I think if Max didn't get hurt um and strain the left oblique he'd be right around probably 14 wins right now. That first time that that took him out and then I don't think he's maybe he's won one game since returning. Uh the team has either not scored runs for him or he had a couple of those struggling starts like he did against the Yankees and um I, th- I can't remember the other one, but he had a couple of starts where he had lost I think consecutively as he's 9 and 4 right now. But you know, the ERA's there. He's got. At 226 ERA and that's great so we, we got a pretty locked down team right now uh with the rotation and uh I'm very excited about that
2: now uh let me ask you this, this past 16 game stretch with the Nationals, Marlins, Pirates and Cubs I mean they went 9-7 and seven. uh that was disappointing I think the offense is struggling I mean they, they scored a lot of runs this, this past series on, on bases loaded walk I mean you know I, I just hope that they can get the bats going and, and really be lethal coming into the last couple of weeks of the season
1: you know honestly and I mentioned this i think in the last podcast i think they were tired they were exhausted i mean the stretch that that we were worried so much about right that stretch with it, it was the braves the yankees the phillies and we had multiple doubleheaders. we had no days off it was a two-week span right at the end of august that we were all worried about and somehow they came out of that and, and did very well i mean i know they got swept by the yankees in yankee stadium but they had that big series in philly where they took care business they came through where it was a big worry that they might lose the division lead and they didn't so you know them having this little slump right now I think that they just put all their energy into getting through August where they are now somewhat uh, exhausted and you got Francisco Lindor who doesn't get a day off you get Pete Alonzo, who really can not take a day off because who's going to be playing first, Darren Ruff? We don't even want him in the lineup. Right. So uh, <laughs> it's really hard for those two guys to you know, get some time to rest and relax. And even with Francisco Lindor, I think it really hurt that Luis Guillorme got hurt because he would be a guy that would be able to fill in at shortstop, uh, give him some rest. And then uh, as soon as Guillorme got hurt, also Eduardo Escobar was dealing with injuries and he had to go on IL. So we were dealing with all these injuries. And all this has impacted the team at, you know, to a certain extent.
2: Uh, one last thing before uh, somebody else comes on. I, I thank for the time. Uh, you mentioned about, you know, breast England door or, or, or Alonzo. I think that would have happened if the Mets were able to keep a, uh, you know, a larger lead, but with one day, one game between us and the Braves, they, they have to play every day. There's no other choice.
1: Yeah. That that it's, that, I mean, there's going to be no days off here. I mean, I think there's, I think they're off Thursday. Yeah. Right. Sure. They're off Thursday before going to Oakland. So uh, that'll probably be there, Dane. I think uh, Buck mentioned in an interview. I think it was with Michael Kay not too long ago that like having a day off is really not having a day off. Like like you're still doing stuff around the park. You're still you know training and getting ready for you know the next day's game. So um, you just, I think we're just gonna have to stick with it. We know that Pete Alonso is able to adjust, right? We've seen it. We've seen him able to adjust to certain things. Same thing with Francisco Lindor. He's has his ups and downs downs and slumps and you know really great couple of weeks so we've come to expect that from you know both players and um I hope that you know come postseason we get the you know ready to go all stars that those two guys you know are you know to the Mets and uh Jeff I appreciate you joining in and, and coming on here if anyone else wants to hop on just send me a request I'll put you on and uh we'll uh, continue these great conversations I love doing this Jeff I appreciate you once again, my friend. Thank
2: you much, Anthony.
1: Anytime, anytime. All right, if anybody else wants to hop in, like I said, just press the request button and I will put you through. So we are going to go to Kate, uh, at librarian underscore Kate. Hey,
0: can you hear me?
1: I hear you, Kate. What's up?
0: All right, so long-time listener, first-time caller, as the joke goes. Uh, I want to start doing a little prognosticating for what we need to do in the off season, which I know sounds foolish to do now because hi, the season's not over yet. But I've been thinking a lot about setting up for a good 2023. What in your opinion would be the number one thing that the Mets, the Cohen, and the front office need to do in the off season to ensure continued success in 2023?
1: First, they have to keep this rotation. They have to maintain the rotation of Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, those two guys I would totally resign I know DeGrom is going to be g- come the I guess the highest paid pitcher in baseball he wants to be the highest paid pitcher but you got to do whatever you can to you know retain Jacob DeGrom we know that um, Steve Cohen wants to bring him back right we you know he he's Always been a fan of Tom Seaver and always hated that he left the team. And this is our guy, Jake's our dude. And uh, I I know I keep seeing things from Buster Olney and all the other pundits out there, especially the ones in the New York Post, where you know they keep saying he's going to go to the Braves or they don't think he's going to come back. And uh, whether he comes back or not, we'll find out. But it is imperative for Steve to do what he can to bring him back. Then the rest is on Jake to make the signing, but. Uh, definitely got to bring Jake, got to bring Chris Bassett. I mean, look at what Chris Bassett brings to this team, that bulldog mentality he's made for New York. You want these guys that are made for New York, right? You want the guys that succeed here to succeed. And I think the Mets over the years, uh, especially during the Wilpon era, would bring in guys that just weren't a fit. Jason Bay. I mean, they, they didn't want to play in New York and they weren't here for New York and they never succeeded in New York. They just, it just wasn't, you know, right. I mean, they brought in, um, who's that guy? That, Jed Lowry who never even played and then letting uh, DJ who go to the Yankees and he's a guy who could play in New York. So you got to bring these guys who can play here in New York, who have proven it. And Chris Bassett has done it all season long. And he's got that attitude that you like no nonsense, all business, ready to go to go along with Max Scherzer and DeGrom. And you got that three headed monster in the top of the rotation. Both of those guys are going to be free agents. Then you also have, uh, you know, I think Cookie's a free agent. I think a Taiwan Walker's right, a free yeah. agent. You got to think about all these different scenarios with the rotation. Is David Peterson going to be starting in the rotation next season? I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Um, Tyler McGill, uh, I don't know how I feel about him. I I, I need certainty from this team. And I feel like those three guys give me that, even though Max is older and Jake is older. I feel like we get some set of certainty with those guys in the rotation. And then from there, you you gotta bring back Edwin Diaz, right? I mean, look at what he's done this season. He's proven that he could pitch in the bullpen. He can close. He loves and feeds off of the fans. Uh, He feeds off of the Timmy Trumpet song. He has really turned it around and has endeared himself to the uh, New York Mets fan base like I've never seen before. I've never Seen someone turn it around as he's done, so uh he was probably going to be a very important piece. And then uh, I, I don't know what bat that they could find. It all depends on if they re-sign Brandon Nimmo or not. Are they going to bring Brandon yeah. Nimmo back? Is he going to cost too much money because? Um, he's with uh, Scott Boris. So those are things we could look at come next season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on the pitching because I feel like we've tinkered with the recipe and we have the right, we have the tasting the way we want to. This, of course, assumes everybody stays healthy but and you could say you could problem.
1: say that about you know every team, Anybody. every player, if they stay healthy, right? Like you could yeah. obviously you know Jake's gone through his issues, but before the last two seasons and last year he got hurt yeah. a lot because of hitting. But before that, Jacob was rarely ever hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing I'd like to see is a little more showing up of the bullpen. There, are, there are times mm-hmm. I watch games and I feel like that bullpen is being held together by Edwin Diaz, Adam Montevideo, and. A <laughs> Yes. And I know Edwin Diaz wants to stay in New York. He's made it really clear he loves it here. But I looked at what we got at the trade deadline, and it's maybe I'm just an impatient person, but Michael Givens, it's just taken a long time for him to sort of heat up. And I you know, I still worry. Is it too little, too late?
1: Kate, you've been with me since the beginning. And yes. you've known since the beginning of this season, I've said that we have to shore up the bullpen. They didn't do yes. that. I mean, they all they did was bring in Adam Adovino. And granted, he has been great this whole season but you know he's one wrong slider or wrong fastball away from being uh, you know jury's familiar that was the comparison oh we're just swapping the two so you have to be careful every year i say that you know the bullpen's a crapshoot so signing these guys to big long-term deals it could be a mistake like look at trevor may unfortunately uh he was he's been okay but they signed him to a multi-year deal um I, I think Seth Lugo is going to be a free agent. I don't know if I would resign him or not, but yeah, although the, this
0: here, I I just googled sport track, and it's, Trevor May is a free agent.
1: Yeah, I think most of this the the Mets have a lot of free agents coming <laughs> coming through, and the,
0: the list of name and it, you know it's it's all pitching. It's like I would say at least seventy five percent wrote a pitching. Yeah there's a handful yeah so that's keeping those folks around and keeping them intact is going to be key in showing up the bullpen there's been rumors as I'm sure you've heard coming out that Steve Cohen wants to go all in on Aaron Judge because he's going to be a free agent and I actually do not want to see us do that there's things that need to be uh, addressed first that bringing in Aaron Judge I kn- I know he's having a great season that's not gonna that's, that's not gonna fix what's at, at,
1: play here in my opinion yeah and i and i know that they say this and obviously they say it because it's going to generate headlines right the two teams in new york going after each other and going after each other's play i'm pretty sure we're going to hear the yankees going after jacob degrom or so we know that every season from here on out that the Mets are players for everyone. So anytime someone says, "Hey, this guy," we're going to be into this. We know that because Steve Cohen has the money to get these players. We never thought that with the Willpons. No. So it's nice to get that feeling now. Now, if they if they are interested in Aaron Judge, that tells me that the ship on Brandon Nimmo has sailed.
0: Has sailed. Exactly. They're going to keep one or the other. They're not going to keep
1: both. Yeah. So, whether it's going to be either or, they're not retaining, they're not going to get both. That's for sure. And I know a lot of this money is going to be going to try to get, you know, Jacob DeGrom back here. Even with all these guys saying that, oh, Jacob DeGrom may not want to take the money. He just may want to play at home in Florida. uh I don't know if he feels that way, but I know that a lot of the media keeps bringing this up, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the season and the postseason I don't know how they handle that situation the The hope is that you know let's try to win this World Series this year with this team we have because obviously you've been a Mets fan your whole life I've been a Mets fan my whole life yes. I don't know if you saw the 30 for 30 once upon a time in Queens yes. Um, and they talked about once the Mets won the World Series and they did all this little tinkering around it messed with the flow of the team losing Ray yes. Knight uh, losing Kevin Mitchell They had a better team in 88, and even some of the 86 players said that the team was better in 88, but it just didn't have that cohesiveness. It didn't have that, you know, team building structure that helped them win the World Series. They weren't on the same page. So, once you start messing around too much with the team, it could really affect the chemistry and the camaraderie. You gotta be careful, like, who we go after. You can't just say, oh, I want Aaron Judge because, you know, now he's gonna hit over 500 home runs or whatever. A bat over 300. Yeah, that may be so, but is his personality going to be better and mesh well better than with uh, a Brandon Nimmo and and where he fits in the lineup? So, those are Things exactly. to consider
0: exactly, and I those are those teams, those Mets teams of the late mid to late '80s and early '90s that are the ones I grew up watching, and I remember at long, slow decline to last place in that time for just that reason.
1: Yeah. So, and I I know Cohen wants to avoid that happening uh mm-hmm. with this team. I know he wants them as a constant contender. They keep saying they keep bringing up the the Dodgers, which. Uh, Obviously, you know, the Dodgers are in the playoffs. I think they've won nine out of ten division titles already. I would like a mix of that and the Cardinals, who have been successful for, like, decades now. Um, And and we even got to worry about the Braves now, because now the Braves have all this youth.
0: That's one thing that the Braves have done right, is they've gotten their youth locked in. They don't hug the prospect Uh there because uh, that's one thing that's always bothered me is the Mets have so great prospects that have proven that they're ready to advance the big leagues. Maybe Francisco Alvarez needs a little more time at, in the farm system, but people like Mark Vientos and Beatty or Batty, however you say his name, don't hug him close when you need him, bring him up. And, and maybe after the, after Brett Batty where he broke his finger and is now out for us the season, I can understand being a little hesitant, but that's the risk you take.
1: Yeah. I would definitely like to see though, that these guys like I would, like to see us catch on to some luck at some point. I mean, look at the Braves. They bring up Vaughn Grissom, and they bring up uh, a Harris, and and they're just playing out of this world. And then, you know, we have to bring up Beatty, who's our top prospect, and, you know, Vientos, and we're not getting like that kind of production from them like i don't know what that has to be done to get these guys starting going i I know that for us right they're in the top 10 of prospects but not all of them are in the top hundred of major league prospects like vientos vientos doesn't fall in the top hundred so you know Our real two top prospects right now are Francisco Alvarez and Mm -hmm. uh, Brett Beatty, who, you know, obviously got called up a little earlier because of injury. And I I think he'll be fine. But like everyone wanting Vientos to be this, you know, thing that he might not like. Obviously, he's doing well in AAA and hitting home runs, but that might not translate here.
0: Perfect. That was good to talk to you.
1: You too, Kate. Yeah, uh, we've been uh, we've been corresponding for so long. It's nice, so to, long hear long nice to hear your voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and hopefully again next season. Yes, or absolutely. Post-season. So post-season. Or some postseason magic. I'll take that, too. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. All right, Kate, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. As much as I love talking about the Mets myself, which I could go on and on and on about, the most important thing is the interaction with all fellow Met fans. So I appreciate you guys. Jeff, I appreciate Kate for coming on. I'm going to do more of these. I'll have to promote a little bit better next time. I kind of just came on with work and stuff. I had to uh, do a little bit of late show up. Usually I'll promote it. A little earlier, but I didn't get a chance to do that. So um if no one else wants to come on uh, or send a request, I'm going to end it right here. That's going to be it for me. We'll wrap it up here. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Subway to Shea. Like I mentioned before, listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast... I can't thank you enough for joining us, and I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Mets fans. Let them know that this is a Mets podcast that they should be listening to. I know that there are tons of Mets podcasts out there, and there are a lot of great ones that even I listen to. I listen to a lot of Mets podcasts. A lot of them are my friends, and I enjoy listening to them. But if you're listening to this one, I really appreciate you. If you've been a supporter this whole time, I can't thank you enough. This show wouldn't be where it is without you. Uh, Subway to Shay's global podcast is played not only in the United States, but across the globe. And no matter where you listen, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, You could do that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can leave me one to five star rating. Hopefully it's five stars. That helps out. Uh, Leave comments in the review section to let me know how to make this show better each and every week and you can also rate the show on Spotify which I've been seeing people starting to do so I appreciate that as well don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple Rising Apple's a New York Mets site on the Fansided Network you can read my articles by going to RisingApple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at RisingAppleBlog and the Fansided Network at Fansided I recently wrote an article that just dropped today about the best benefits of the Mets winning the division over winning the wild card so it's about three three or so benefits you check that out give that a read on risingample.com. thank you everyone for tuning in I appreciate you all so very much and that will do it for this week's podcast well that will do it for today's podcast we'll be back Friday I'll be back here three o'clock Friday to do another live podcast on Twitter spaces okay so if you want to jump in Uh, Send me a request on Friday. I'll definitely get you in. I did it with Jeff. I did it with Kate. um, And I'll do it for you. So just hit me up and we'll do that. You can listen to the podcast, subscribe, share, and review it for me. That helps out a lot. My name's Anthony Rivera, and you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Always remember, let's go Mets.